Hello and good evening, and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees and Their Multicultural Mess. Uh, thank you very much for joining me today. Um, I really appreciate your support and your time you've taken out to listen to me. And today we are going to talk about a little bit about Dalit and um, untouchability. A uh, very important topic, I'm going to repeat that, Dalit, Dalit and untouchability. So I'm just going to uh, touch up on what I said yesterday in the last two episodes. Dalit is actually a Semitic word. It comes from um, the Semitic uh, languages. It is then in Phoenician. In, in Hebrew, this is a very Hebrew word. It means poor. And um, it's then Aramaic, Syriac. And it is not a Hindic word. It is very, very, very uh, Hebrew. And it, the Hebrew people, the Aramaic people, transferred onto the Indian subcontinent and brought their language and ideology and ment- mentality with them. And although they, they changed and aligned with a new group of people, new uh, new uh, land, it, it by the time the influx of people was so much, and by the time they left um, their religion, they could not change their mentality fast enough, and this became the they this became the the predominant ideology. On and they used, unfortunately, camouflaged it with Vedic vocabulary. So now we got Vedic vocabulary that's Dalit, and when in reality the source of the problem is actually Hebrew and Semitic. Uh, it has a Semitic root. Now I did say something yesterday, and I just want to correct myself. So I said Dalit Freedom Network of India. It was Dalit Freedom Network of Canada uh, that I was talking about. So I, I'll correct myself. And I just want to say these opinions are mine and mine alone. It doesn't belong to anyone else. Uh, it is just an opinion, and I have a right to have my opinion. It's based on research um, that I have. Um, it's based on information and research that I have coming from India with regards to other people who talk about proselytization and and, and um, NGOs, and also with uh, my own experience of people who try to uh, proselytize uh, you. And even if you're, you're Christian, they will come and try and re-proselytize you into different denominations of Christianity and so on and so forth. So um, just from my own personal experience, uh, in the past, uh, and other and experience of other people, and and te- and testimony of other people. So I've not really seen anyone from this organization. I just want to say it again, and I'll I'll wait. I'll let you, you know, make your own uh, decision on it. But I, I they're not in my favor, and I really don't like these groups and these charity groups or front for charity, as I like to call it. But uh, I just want to say this opinion is mine and mine alone. So, um, so that's that. Now, a lot of these. The reason I'm bringing this up is because uh, these uh, groups, these uh, uh, evangelical groups and Islamist uh, um, Dava groups, keep telling you everywhere that uh, trying to convert uh, Hindus into uh, Abrahamic religions and say, oh, well, you know, they're Dalits and Hindus, they're Dalits, uh, and there's untouchability in in in, in, um, in Islam, there's no crush, uh, untouchability, we, we're all equal, and there's no untouchability, blah, blah, blah. 
So we're going to take a look at untouchability. Okay, what does the internet? What does the research? What does? Uh, what is the world's perception of untouchability? Now you could say a word. You have many different interpretations, but try Google untouchability. Just do untouchability, and Google it. And let me tell you what it says. It only says this. This is Google's idea of untouchability. Untouchability is a practice of ostracizing a group of people regarded as untouchables, uh, as described by Vedic Hindu literature of persons of high caste or persons excluded from the caste system, resulting in segregation and persecutions of people of the high caste. So, right off the bat, everyone else on the planet is so perfect. All these Abrahamic groups are perfect. But untouchability is Hindu, so they have the whole planet has got together and ganged up against Hindu, uh, against India, Hindustan, and said, "Oh, they have untouchability," uh, and that's the only explanation you get. Okay, if you go down a little further. Uh, you see, problems with untouchables are most severe in rural villages, with, which are home of 90% of the people. Um, again, India's untouchables. Uh, there's a site on culturalsurvival.com. India's untouchables. It's all about untouchability in India. It says uh, most of the world assumes that uh, Mahatma Gandhi, modernization, progressive legislation has solved India's ancient problem. Um, Blah blah blah. Violence is the most conspicuous form of repression, uh, even in the Gujarat state of uh, Mahatma Gandhi. Uh, in a climate of mistrust and social distance, upper class and Dalits untouchables. Uh, the latter are subjected to continual uh, harassment, being refused work, denied milk, newspapers, and they all. India has. A hundred million untouchables, more than the combined population of France and the United Kingdom. Uh, they're vulnerable minority. Um, some have expressed rebellion against this dominant Hindu society and improves and and have been converts to Sikhs, Christianity, Buddhism, uh, Muslim. Um, it's a certain hereditary Indian caste was well it's it's a religious practice attached to certain hereditary indian caste that were well established in by 100 bc um, really i've never seen anything like this this is abrahamic shik bang bang um, it's all about it's it, it's all about hindus a number of factors produce this uh, untouchability untouchability, colonialism brought with a limited exposure to egalitarian views. That means Hinduism is not equal, e egalitarian. It's only Abrahamic religions that are egalitarian. And and it, colonialism did us a favor. Pre-independence maneuvers of the British and a variety of Indian groups sometimes led to competitive efforts to woo untouchable uh, allegiance in ways that further encourage untouchables. Blah, blah, blah. It goes on. There was one late leader, Dr. Ambedkar, who was able to use British nationalist conflict to introduce policies and improve untouchable access to education. Uh, and it's all about Hindus, 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 Hindus and the untouchability of Hindus. And this is the, the biggest garbage you can ever find. You go all to the uh, internet and it's all about Hindus. So, what is untouchability by Gandhi? In 1921, Gandhi boldly described the practice of untouchability as a blot on Hinduism and character characterized it as an blah, blah, blah. I don't even want to say it anymore. 
if I were proved, he said, if it were proved to me that this is an essential part of Hinduism, I for one would declare myself open re rebel against Hinduism. Um, again, you go down the, the you go down the the list and you see India's untouchable face violence by the National Geographic. Um, more than 160 million people in India are considered untouchable, uh, tainted by birth into a caste system that deems impure. Um, and they talk about all these Dalits in, in India, Dalits being killed, as, as if this was the only thing in India. Um, Dalits, Dalits untouchable, and this is from the National Geographic, okay? This is an article in uh, published in 2003. I'm going further down. Caste discrimination. Um, caste and untouchability, heart of Hinduism, and this is... Uh, from the ISKCON education services, even ISKCON is talking about uh, this nonsense of um, untouchability when it has nothing to do with it. Um, what is untouchability? The Navsar Trust. Uh, untouchability is a direct product of the caste system. It's merely the inability to, to touch a human being of certain castes and subcastes. Again, all about India. No one talks about untouchability everywhere in in the world. It's, I mean, every people, every group of people discriminates against the other, whether in a small tribe, in a bigger tribe, every group, every tribe. That's why you have genocides, because there's, there's discrimination. Untouchability is discrimination. And there's discrimination all over the world. But very conveniently, because all the whole planet is very Abrahamic, they've conveniently dumped their narcissism on the Indian subcontinent, on Hindus, and now they say, oh my god, Hindus, and that's why they call us fascists, uh, Hindus are fascists, Hindus are um, derogatory, Hindus are haters, Hindus are Nazis, Hindus are this, and we, we are, con Hindus are considered the worst species on this planet when, it's funny, everything that they're using today, the numbers, maths, um, trigonometry, all of this is done by Hindus. So if they're so caste-oriented, if they're so untouchable, discriminatory, why did the world come to the Indian subcontinent? They came for the money. When they, were, they wanted the money, there was, they didn't have a problem with caste. When they, had, when they came for the gold, there was no problem with, with Dalits. But all of a sudden, they came to convert and help them with egalitarian values. But their egalitarian values did not produce anything. No, no money, no power, no... All of a sudden now, the money is gone from India. And so conveniently, they are the rich people. So they are the high elite, the Abrahamic world who ripped the world apart. The high elite and egalitarian society. But the Hindus are the fascists, the Dalits, the untouchables. And it is disgusting to the core. Again, here's another page. The, the Logical Indian, A Brief History of Caste and Untouchability in India. Oh, man, uh, I'm trying not to get uh, emotional or angry about this, but it is really, really hard. So we're going to tackle this right into, um, right head on. As I said, okay, caste is Latin. Caste didn't, was not on the Indian subcontinent before 
the Europeans came. So get that into your heads, everyone, and please spread the information. Say that very clearly. Do not feel shy. Cast is a Latin word. It is not Hindi. So if cast and Dalit was there um, in 100 BC, that's a fake news. Okay. Dalit is Hebrew. Dalit is not uh, Hindi. Okay. Very important to say. From the word Dalit in Hebrew, we also have the uh, pre-Hebrew Phoenician, which has Dalit, became Delta, and then became the word D, alphabet D in Latin uh, and in English, or D in Latin, as they call it, uh, A, B, C, D. Then um, you have Aramaic, Syriac, and Arabic, the word Dal. Okay. Um, and these people overflew on the Indian subcontinent. So, as we all know, as I've spoken before, um, the Abrahamic religion started in the Levant. The Levant is a very seismic zone, and there is a fault line that goes right through and through the Levant, below the surface of the of, of the land and the sea, um, right up north to Greece, in the southern Mediterranean. And there's continuous seismic activity along this land and along along the Red Sea coast. Okay, this causes numerous volcanic events, earthquakes, uh, seismic events, and causes uh, uh, causes problems in civil society, a break in civil society, the food chain, and which leads us to death, it leads us to pandemics, leads us to diseases. And one very important thing that happened here is that these people were then, it's like the COVID crisis that they didn't have any way to, to control it. They would just die. There would be thousands and thousands and thousands of people dying. Um, um, and what would happen is now that they are dying, so they would be put on leprosy colonies. So what's a leprosy colony? Okay, so a leprosy colony, um, if you go to any um, Roman movie, an old Roman movie, say Ben-Hur, any, any movie, and you will see that uh, on the outskirts of towns and villages in, in the Middle East, um, and especially during Roman times, people who were sick, who had sores, people who had uh, wounds that would not heal, uh, they would be considered outlaws or they would be shunned by the system and people would, uh, you know, um, cast them away as, as cursed by God. And they would be put in these encampments. And these encampments were a little bit distance away from the city, okay, uh, from the from the from the main tribes. And they would be distanced, just very much like now we have in the COVID times. We have red zones, and these red zones were all people who who would um, who would self isolate, or if you. Um, if you got sick, you would have to stay at home and isolate. So similarly, these colonies were isolation camps. But once in those days you got ill, okay, it was death. So you knew there was no cure. You would go to these camps. There was no barely any water, any food, and you would die out there. Suffocation, no food, hunger, uh, literally sent to die. And a lot of the times... Um, if you died, um, if you were sick, 
you'd send the whole tribe over there. It's very much like now. If you get COVID, they'll say anyone in your family's got COVID. If there is someone, you have to stay at home too, even if you do not have the COVID uh, pandemic. Okay, and these leprosy colonies, you will find them in the Old Testament. It is called uh, Mecca, Mecca. Just go to Bible.hub, search for the Old Testament in Hebrew um, or a translation in Hebrew and search for the code word Mecca and you will see Mecca is the word for sores. I have mentioned this in my previous um, in my previous podcast, COVID or Mecca, and it's the word for sores. People with sores were considered outcast, and they would be sent to these encampments. And these encampments were called makkas. Makkas were leprosy colonies. What we call them in English, you see them very clearly in in Roman movies. Um, um, and these. Um, these leprosy colonies, um, it was ex- the exclusion uh, and quarantine of people infected with leprosy or any other illness. Um, and from that, we get leprosy colonies. The inhabitants of these colonies had very little legal recourse in preventing the exclusion. And and even after they were treated and cured, and uh, many had trouble regenerating the society, but mostly uh, they would die on the colonies. Um, now you find this, this, however, transferred to every part of the world, uh, from Europe, from Europe to America, the Americas, and the Americas to South America and North America. But yes, it, it did, it did exist. Um, and it was, it was, it was very, very difficult. It, 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 there were even leprosy colonies in Canada. It was practiced um, all over the world. Okay, so all of these people very conveniently do not talk about uh, how le- how this became part of the society of their religion. It is in the textbooks, uh, sorry, in their literature. It is also um, mentioned in Leviticus, uh, which is a chapter in the Old Testament. Do go there um, on BibleHub.ca. Uh, the book of Leviticus, it's called. Uh, it's the third book of the Torah, the Pentateuch, and the Old Testament, also known as the book of Moses. Um, and you will see in that book, it talks very clearly how lepers were treated. Um, and this existed uh, during the Semitic time. Now, again, I, I am not attributing it to the Semitic uh, Abrahamic faiths. It existed prior to this. Uh, but was institutionalized by the Hebrews. It became uh, constant. Um, and their whole religion revolves around these leprosy colonies because God came to save them exactly from these pandemics and these volcanic seismic eruptions, which they didn't really realize or understand because they had no idea of geography or geology. Uh, and so they thought all these, you know, seismic activities were, were being sent by God. And uh, if they prayed, if they isolated, they would go to heaven. And that's why they were the chosen people. And from that concept, you get chosen people. And that chosen people became a supremacist ideology. And you have three religions based on them, uh, which is highly supremacist. And today we find them 
they spent 3,000 years painting everyone as as bad, as kufr, as uh, pagan, as untouchable. And from this concept, you get untouchability. Now, in order to flee this concept, because anyone who was inflicted with these wounds and these diseases had nowhere to go, they knew it was death was certain, and so they flooded the Indian subcontinent. They went up north and they came down south to Africa, but they also flooded the Indian subcontinent and they took their mentality with them. Now, many people think that Hinduism comes from Hindustan. There is no such thing as Hinduism. Hindustan is a land. Hind is a land. Hindustan is a land. And people, generations and generations, go to the land and have literature written on it. Um, so these literatures are not sacred books. These are just books written by people. Uh, a lot of the times in the, in, anci in the ancient world, these books were called Shastras. Uh, which means the link or they're, they're linking the knowledge of the land with the people of the land, but anyone could write a Shastra. It doesn't mean uh, that it's a religion. It's like, you know, uh, the Times of India or the Times of Israel or uh, any any publication. Do you say that it's a, it's a religion? No, it's just your opinion, someone's opinion. They write about the land. It doesn't mean that it's a holy thing. They're writing about the events of its time. Dharma Shastra is not a text it's not a holy book it's just writing about the events of its time and bringing about these events into the public view and talking about it was the most important thing because that's the only way you could change society and having a conversation having different points of view is an ancient indian way hebrew um, vedic way of doing things um was an ancient way of doing things. So having this co conversation, uh, discussing um, would would help you come to um, a consensus and how you would change it. But if you don't talk and if you just pray, are you going to change anything? No, you have to talk. And so all these texts about people who are talking, spreading knowledge, uh, talking about events, their points of view, giving different opinions, and that's what it is. Every junction is a 360 degree cycle and you'll have different people giving you different opinions and all these opinions are, are noted down and people say oh well it's the hindu religion there is no such thing as hindu religion um, but from this concept you get untouchability and untouchability unfortunately is now put in as a Hindu concept. It is not Hindu. You do understand that there's no such thing as borders or barriers before, even 200 years earlier, there were no borders or barriers. There were nomads. They could come and go. So people have been coming to the Indian subcontinent for so very long because it was this land of the free. It was the land of knowledge. It was the land of of maths and science and universities and medicine and they bought and they came here to heal unfortunately they bought their language with them settled here and their language became part of the vocabulary of the land and now it's considered as um hindu a hindu problem well i'm sorry it's not 
Um, so one concept you have to learn that untouchability, the institutionalized concept of untouchability is Abrahamic. Um, we have taken it over because we chose to help the world very much like in today's world, India chose to help uh, the planet with um, with pharmaceuticals. Uh, we've been doing this for a very long time and all of these cause leprosy colonies and in the Bible, in the Old Testament, these leprosy colonies are called Mecca. It is also uh, an important part to talk about the modern word for it, untouchability. It is it, it is attributed to Hindustan. In you could see it all over the internet. But it's time to have the conversation with your friends that untouchability is not a concept that belongs to the Hindustan um, psychic to the Vedic psychic. It was. It was taken over by us. If you have any questions of this, please let me know. Um, I would love to have the topic with you, the discussion with you. There's something called leprosy colonies that I would love for you to go onto the internet and and uh, research it. It's very prominent in Abrahamic ideologies and history, biblical histories. From here, we get the co the concept of kufar. Kufar najas uh, comes from this. So. Kufr was someone who didn't see the truth because Abrahamic ideologies in Islam is the truth that will help you cleanse you and take you to heaven. Anyone who didn't see the truth was called Kufr and that is obviously the Hindus and that's why they have dumped their untouchability on the, on, on the Indian subcontinent to promote and to um, align with their views that they are so clean and the Hindus are bad and that's why God sent them down. Um, but leprosy colonies are something very important for you to verify and to have that conversation about. They exist all over the planet. Uh, and you can see how this is not talking about, but they very conven conveniently camouflage it with Indian untouchability. And untouchability is sourced from these Abrahamic religions, which overflowed onto the Indian subcontinent. Um, it is a very deep concept, but it's important to go through, have that conversation. And like I said, um, do contact me if you need any any um, help. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Religions, Regimes and Refugees. And I thank you very much for listening today. Um, you have yourself a great day and great evening. And till we meet again. Cheers.